Okay, now we're live. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys wonder what's going on, we're just having trouble with the throat. So we decided yeah. to clear it while we started recording as opposed to beforehand for, you know, everyone's sake. <laughs> but yeah, we just want to start the show off and talk about some injuries because it has been a wild couple of days, actually. So let's start with the biggest one in the room Carson Wentz. We got Residence Colts fan Alex here to tell us his thoughts about the whole situation about Carson Wentz. They said he was fine, and now he is getting surgery. <laughs> so, <laughs> Alex, what do you think about this? Does it remind you of any, uh, any who must not be named in the past? You know, Colts quarterbacks. Have we seen this show before? I'm sure you're used to this. Yeah, this Talk is, about it. This is the fourth time this has happened. Uh, the first time was uh, Peyton Manning's neck surgery. The second time was uh, Andrew Luck's uh, first injury. And the third time was Andrew Luck's uh, retirement. Uh, so this has happened before. Uh, and I'll tell you straight up, I think our season's over. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> I think I think this is what so this is this was the timeline for for what happened because I follow like three of RB reporters. Uh, the first day he said uh, he just felt a slight twinge. Should be back at practice tomorrow. Tomorrow comes and uh, what's happened is Carson Wentz missing practice with undisclosed injury. Uh, we'll find out what it means after practice. Uh, Frank Reich addresses the media and he's like. Uh, uh, he felt a little twinge. He, uh, we're having doctors look into it. It's, we expect it to be nothing serious. The next day, Car comes out. Uh, Car source reports Carson Wentz out indefinitely with foot injury, seeking second opinion. So they're like, all right. Frank Reich stops talking to, him, to the media at that point. A few days passes, and then Carson Wentz opts for rehab instead of surgery. And hope is he'll be back for week one and then uh, then a few days goes by and frank reich addresses the media for the first time in a week and he says uh carson Wentz's timetable is in uh, six to twelve weeks and the season starts in four weeks so not good at the best he misses week one at the worst he misses week seven so if you don't know, the beginning of our schedule is one of the toughest in the league. I think the combined win percentage of the teams we face is like 85 or something like that. So we the are... first seven games. Yeah, yeah we yeah. are literally going to go... Like, if we win a game, I can consider that a success. Unless, like, Jacob Eason comes out and he's Tom Brady. I like, mean... Do you anything you want to say, sir? Uh, I just am curious as to what the, their first seven games are. Uh, I know the first four. The first one, Seattle, and the next three are of similar quality uh, of teams. But the I can I'm, tell you, it's, it it's, right it's, okay. it's it's really yeah. really tough. Like you, you, well, can you... Pull it, you can pull it up. I'll just tell you, it's tough. I think this means a death sentence for the team, and I don't think you want to draft anybody on that roster, uh, like literally anybody. You know, while Eric pulls it up, let me know you have it. But um, I feel like the Colts fans have to be numb. As the same way that like Lions fans are numb, but to a lesser say, extent. Because like the Lions, yeah, like the Lions, they're just like, yeah, our entire team sucks, and the Colts are like, wow, we literally drafted Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and have a single Super Bowl to show for two <laughs> like yeah, Hall of Fame careers, score, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh -huh. like mind blowing. Mind -blowing. You have it, sir? Okay, yeah, I've got it, and I honestly see a little silver. Um, it, it, the, so the seven teams are Seattle, the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, <laughs> Baltimore, 
Houston and San Fran. Oh, yeah, they get Houston. Oh, yeah, Houston. My silver lining was there's only two divisional games there. That's actually yeah. a big point. Yeah, I will say that. And Houston. And they should beat Houston. Yeah, yeah. And the Titans were going to lose too, anyways, even with him. So that's not too bad. So if we go like. If we go like. If you can beat the Rams somehow, Miami. Yeah, if we can go like a 10 and 7. San Fran, uh, maybe. And like. Maybe win the division if the Titans shit the bed. Maybe then I could see a point. I could see a path to the to the playoffs. But like other than that, like no. Like I think I like straight up. I'll think like I was gonna say like we're this team for fantasy is the equivalent of the Lions now. I don't think you want anybody. And then I think for real life football, this team is dead until Carson Wentz gets back or if Jacob Eason turns into Tom Brady. That's like, that's that's basically also the you can uh, buy tickets for Week 13 against the Texans for as low as twenty eight dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I think season, I'm I, like I know the game can... in Houston, right? And the Tampa Bay tickets are ninety nine dollars the week before. <sighs> yep. Hey, is that the game? Is the Houston game in Houston? That one is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not wants not the one. Not the one week six. That's that's in Indy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, and then you look at the game. So, yeah, it's just like an aside. But, like, you look at, like, the Pats Bucks tickets, and those are like, nosebleeds are going for $1,500. Uh, yep, yep. I take to say that nobody wants to see the Colts play, and I understand them. Uh, let's uh, let's just quickly touch on the other, like, injury news around the league and see and just for what what's what's happening on fantasy. Uh, Devonta Smith, uh, small injury, probably will be back in three weeks. Probably nothing that you need to worry about at this point, but just something to, like, check the box of. Uh, the other big news is the entire Dolphins receiving core has gone on the IR. Um, Devontae Smith is dealing with something and he is out for, Parker. yeah, not that's sorry. Yeah, my bad. The Devontae Parker, he's out for, I think six weeks. And then a good thing to have Will Fuller. Nope. Will Fuller is dealing with something and is missing practice currently. And Jalen Waddle is dealing with something that he's had apparently since high school. So the only healthy guy that they have is Albert Wilson because as of a, f- a few days ago, Mike Gusecki is on the COVID list. <laughs> yeah, I saw Albert Wilson was catching 50-yard touchdowns, though. That's good news for week four. Week four for the Colts, that's good news. That's huge, yeah. If they don't have receivers and we don't have a quarterback, nobody's going to catch balls. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I have not the... I, I there you go ahead. I'd give the edge to Jonathan Taylor over Miles Gaskin. Same. I think if it comes to a... If, if nobody has receivers, I think we can win that game. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, that's, that's basically all the news that we have since last week. Um, the Colts are dead. The Dolphins are kind of dead. Devontae Smith might have an injury. There is, yeah, there is, sorry, one more thing that's coming out of Baltimore, both, um, Rashad Bateman and the other receiver. I can't think of Brown. Yeah, they're both dealing with injuries as well. So Sammy Watkins is officially the healthiest receiver in Baltimore. I think they were saying that he looked the best out of all of them anyway. So. Yeah, so that's good news for them. They can rely on Sammy Watkins just like everybody else did. That'll be a strong week one. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah. it's just, it's already, uh, it's August 2nd and we're already in mid-season form. Yeah, that's probably the best thing about having injuries now. It's like you hear them and they don't break your heart yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well. Let's 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 actually get back into the meat and meat of the show, and let's 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 do the final division, um, which is a d- division captained by Aaron Rodgers and the rest of them. Um, let's go right to Lambo. Sure, let's go let's to the start off hot. Yeah, let's go to the Packers. Um, the fact that I Aaron Rodgers is people. back on this team means they are a Super Bowl contender, and uh, the fact that they signed Randall Cobb means that. 
Amari Rodgers has now become useless, and if he does not, if he the show is nothing this season, he is droppable by the end of it. Um, the as for the rest of this team, uh, Aaron Jones is great, Devontae Adams is great, uh, MBS is who he is. Uh, Robert Tanyan, I think, is pretty interesting as like a spot start. Um, I think. I think last season he showed that he trusts him. Like Aaron Rodgers shows that he trusts him. I think that's like yeah, the biggest yeah. thing. But uh, as for, I, th- I think that's the biggest takeaway. The Aaron Rodgers here uh, is here. It, it makes a huge difference. And that's the, I mean, I mean now this team is hugely relevant for, for, for both for football and for fantasy. Yeah. Like, I think the same thing. I think those are the three guys that you can only really own from this team. Despite how good the offense is, it's really just like the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and the Devontae Adams show. I know Randall Cobb is back, and he's going to have, like, a game every now and then, but it won't be consistently startable. And similarly for, like, Alan Lazard, MVS, like you were saying, I don't think Amari Rodgers is going to do good. I think they're probably going to keep him on the shelf so that way I think it's he can the worst. bond with Jordan Love next year. I think yeah. that's what their plan is because I we I think like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are probably both just gonna go join the team wherever they when nice weather is wherever they want to go and just become a Super Bowl contender. So that's gonna be interesting to see where they go in the off season, but at least for this season, I would really only dabble with the Aaron Squared and Devontae Adams. Yeah, I, I I think that's the I think that's right. Um, I'll just I think the, the most interesting thing to talk about on this team is probably what it means for like real, real life football. Um, because I think for fantasy it's pretty simple. I think honestly for real life football, I think what they should have done is now I'm not a Packers fan, but I think what I would have done is just get rid of Aaron Rodgers this year because it seems like they were all just setting up to do it already and then Aaron Rodgers goes out and wins an MVP and looks like he's like Tom Brady um so I mean I I get why they did what they did but the thing is keeping him this season is the worst case scenario for Amari Rodgers and all of their young guys like for Amari Rodgers like I'll I'll just talk about it for like a second like if he's gonna spend the entire year with Aaron Rodgers like playing sometime and then Next year, he's going to be thrown with Jordan Love, so he's going to have to, like, wait for Jordan Love to turn into a real quarterback. So, I mean, his timeline goes from, like, two years or three years to now, like, definitely four years. Like, I think I think this team, as, like, just a football team, is after this year, they're going to be set back another year and a half, maybe two years, because of keeping Aaron Rodgers. Sarek? Um, yeah. I, I, see, I can see that. Um just this year there's not really another team in this division that's anywhere near these guys yeah 100%. i think the, pr- the problem with this team is like staying healthy most of the time and that's like when they run into most trouble mm-hmm. but there's not much trouble to be had in this division so yeah i agree yeah no this is like really 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 reminiscent of what happened with the patriots where like the pats signed I think Jimmy Garopp- they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, or and then Brady went out and won a Super Bowl. And they're like, oh fuck, well what do we do now? So then they had to get rid of Garoppolo. So, so it's basically like what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. Like he went out and had a great season and then won the MVP. And now it's just like the one last ride kind of thing. So next year, look for Aaron Rodgers to probably. I had the. I was a gambling man. I'm saying he's in Denver next year. He's gonna go follow in the footsteps of Peyton Manning, win a Super Bowl, and then retire. No, that is he exactly wants to go somewhere where the weather's really nice, like Las Vegas. Hmm. 
yeah. He's that dude. Yeah, no, I think that's all I really have to talk about the Packers. They're a good team for football, but there's only really three fantasy-relevant players on the team. Uh, yeah, definitely. We'll see where Aaron Rodgers goes next year, but for this year, uh, they are a Super Bowl contender. All right, where do you want to go next? Uh, we Derek picks. Let's let's go to Detroit. Oh All right. God! All right. They'll win four games max. Uh, I was gonna, I, I would if I was setting the line, I would put it at uh, three and a half. Uh, I'd like four and a half. I was going to say five and a half. Maybe I'm the most bullish. All right. So as resident Detroit fan, I guess I'll start. Um, uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) The, uh, I mean, I'll just talk briefly about, like, I'll start at the top. I I think Jared Goff is terrible. (laughs) Um, I've been saying this since he was on, uh, since he was on the Rams and the first year where Brandon Cooks was on that team. I remember watching every single snap that Brandon Cooks was on the field and I saw him every single game overthrow Brandon Cooks and this is when he was putting up numbers right so people were thinking like oh this guy's this guy's amazing and his numbers were like marginally better than Kirk Cousins and this was the year that Kirk Cousins was just going off right like he was just like throwing like just dimes to Adam Thielen and just winning games on his own and then everybody's everybody that plays plays fantasy is just like hey look at the numbers this guy's fantastic he's he's a great player this guy's the future of the league and then three years goes by and Oh wait, no, he, he sucks, and now he's in Detroit, and his career's over. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the most exciting thing to come out of Detroit this offseason has been the press conferences. Like you have, <laughs> you have their head coach who's saying, "Yeah, we're gonna kick, we're gonna eat their kneecaps, whatever," and then, <laughs> and then you have Jamal Williams and comes, and he's like, "I don't watch TV, I watch anime." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on? And but like. Like, wide receivers, I think there was a chart, right? And it's like, they lost um, Marvin Jones. They lost Kenny Galladay. Don't worry, they signed Brashad Paramus. <laughs> no, it's Tyrell Williams and, yeah. and, oh, and Jerron Moales. <laughs> but to be completely fair, the Lions are building a very, very good offensive line. Like, Frank yeah. Ragnall, Penai Sewell, Jonah Jackson, and... Um, uh, like these guys are just all solid, solid players. They're all under contract. So, I think as bad as this team's gonna be, I think running backs are probably gonna be their best position for fantasy. Whether it's gonna be DeAndre, Sw- I think like DeAndre Swift probably comes out and leads. But just based on what Jamal Williams has done in the past, I think he's gonna have a really, uh, he's gonna have a bigger role than most people are expecting him to have. But okay, bigger, that's about it. There uh, is B- bigger, Hawkinson as well. How much bigger or smaller than uh, it was on the Packers? I think it's going to be bigger. How much? Uh, I don't know. Probably like 30% bigger. So I just think that... If I set the line at like 8.5 carries a game, would you take the over every single week? Uh, Most weeks. I think he'll... Touches-wise, he'll probably get like 13 to 15 touches a week. That's including like pass catching and everything. Uh, so you're saying it's going to be a straight up 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. Because we already know DeAndre Swift can't catch. Like it, yeah, it was like yeah we saw <laughs> yeah I remember that wide open touchdown to win the game. Matt Matt Stafford drops it in the bread basket. Was it? I don't know if he was playing it that week, but I do remember. Yeah, he dropped DeAndre the game winning touchdown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the, that was the first. That was that was the yeah. first week. The thing is, like, Jamal Williams was getting, like, eight to nine touches in Green Bay, and I think Aaron Jones is miles better than DeAndre Swift is. 
So, yeah. Uh, Sarah, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I think this team is very similar to Green Bay in a sense, where, like, there's not much to talk about Green Bay because you just expect them to do well. And there's not much to talk about the Lions because there's just not much to talk about. <laughs> you just expect they're not going to do well. Oh, Lions fans listening probably got really excited when you said they're, they're kind of like Green Bay. <laughs> then it just went to shit. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, no, I think TJ Hawkinson is, is probably going to be their best pass catcher on this team. I think he might finish as, like, a tight end three to four, which is going to be, like, a solid flex position if you can get him for, like, cheap in the draft. Because I know we don't have tight end positions in our league, so it's not, like, crazy, crazy value, but I do think he's going to be... So you Something. think he's going to finish as the tight end four? Uh, yes, I could see him being three four. So you would rather have him than uh, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Hunter Henry, Jonu yeah. Smith, all of them? That's not like the big three of Kels Kittle and Waller. You I think you take him no question over anybody else in the league. I don't think I take him over Pitts. Well, it depends. Like if it's just a redraft league, I'll take Hawkinson over Pitts. But I think if it's I would like take a... like three guys over Hawkinson. Like I think I would. I would slot Hawkinson somewhere between like eight and ten. I mean, yeah, sure, that's fair, but I, 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 I like him. I think he uh, might have yeah, a good I think, year. I think the fact that he's the only wide receiver on this entire team is, is his only plus side, but the thing is, uh, Jared Goff is his quarterback, and TJ Hawkinson actually hasn't really broken out himself, so I think like the ceiling is like, is like... I think the best case for him is like this team turns into an actual threat some weeks where like say like Amon Saint Raw a Saint Amron Raw Saint Brown actually like shows up and like is like a player and then Tyrell Williams has his like off game his like games where he goes off and then DeAndre Swift has those two plays where he's just going off the offensive line is just running over people I think in those games uh, T.J. Hawkinson can do something but I don't see a world where like. TJ Hawkinson turns into Travis Kels and just starts eating defenses alive. Well, no, but to be fair, he was he did finish last season as the tight end four. Yeah, yeah, but like the tight end four in fantasy is not like not like it's not. Oh, like I didn't that say glory, I didn't say it's so crazy good, but like for example, I'll give you a number. Um, he had more fantasy points last year than like Jerry Judy did. Yeah, but again, Jerry Judy like dropped balls like it was in the playbook last year. <laughs> Don't catch this one. Okay. So yeah, but I don't really have a lot more to say. Yeah, I think I'll close off with uh, just one word about DeAndre Swift because uh, everybody else here seems to hate him. I'll say this: I think DeAndre Swift is very, very talented, and he showed a lot last year. I think the best case scenario for him is he turns into like Lashawn McCoy. I think the worst case scenario for him is he turns into like. <sighs> Uh, Reggie Bush. Yeah, that's a good name. Uh, the thing is, like, he has to learn how to trust himself because he's very quick, very fast, and he's like, like he has lightning acceleration and he can cut on a dime. He he does not lose speed whenever he changes direction, and he can fit in the tight corners. The thing he had that was that made him really struggle was just whenever he was about to make a decision, he always would second guess himself. Like he would see the hole, but he was just not, he wasn't sure if it was there because I mean, because he was on the lions, like sometimes the hole would close up. So I think, I think if he just learns to trust himself, that'll, that'll, that'll go a long way to just making him a better player. And I think he has all the potential in the world to like show up. Like, I think he's a great player. I think he's fantastic as like a talent. 
he kind of reminds me of like a a Lev Bell. Yeah. To the to the Steelers. Like the first yeah, I can like see that. after after all the talks, and he was kind of remember like every time he would take a hand like take the hand off, he just kind of waits. He'd, right? He'd wait in the he'd wait around the backfield for a hole to open up, and sometimes it just. It just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The like the again the big difference is that just when when Lev would hit a hole, he trusts himself a hundred percent. But when 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 DeAndre Swift hits a hole, he always is just like for a split second, like he's not sure. And that's the thing that killed him all of last year. I think all the talent is there, all the quickness is there. Like if we were rank, like if we're ranking him as a draft prospect, I would take him over a lot of the guys in his class. Like I think, like he's he's a guy that a type of player doesn't come around that often. And if he learns that one thing, he's gonna be a menace. But that's a huge if because that's a very hard thing to learn. But yeah, I think I think he has the potential this year to go far. Well, that's enough Detroit for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's. I agree. Now let's go on to uh, let's do Justin Fields. Not the Chicago Bears. Tell me about Justin Fields. He's currently listed as third on the death chart. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, all right. Well, I mean, Marco, you're, you're the resident Justin Fields, like, uh, Stan. What do you think about the kid? I don't know why that term is coming up a lot. Residence blank fan here. But, um, yeah, no, for Justin Fields, I think he's really good. I think he has the leadership he has the talent he has the mobile ability as well and that's what's gonna need because if you look at the problem last year with the bears like andy Dalton and nick fold especially they just couldn't maneuver around the pocket and once that pocket collapsed like it was bad what's the guy's name their left hand charles leno was like getting beat all the time so they just had nowhere to go they obviously replaced it with a rookie tevin jenkins but i think that justin field is gonna start at some point this season it's just a matter of when because like being a rookie they're gonna give i guess first crack to andy Dalton. that's also what like matt nagy said so if we see the matt nagy of last year and i mean that's sorry if we see the andy Dalton of last year then it's gonna be uh quick justin fields will be starting quickly but reports are andy Dalton has looked a lot better this year um i'm expecting justin fields to start by week six six i was gonna say two <laughs> No, because think, okay. So here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this about Andy Dalton. Uh, we've seen him play in this league for I don't know how many years, but every time he's touched the football field, I've wanted to throw up. Um, I think he's horrible at his job, and I think anybody in the league does a better one. Uh, like I, I, I would like if I if the Colts had the opportunity to sign him like right now, I wouldn't want him. I would rather have Eason, just like straight up. I would rather take Eason or the or El, or or Sam Ellinger. Like, I, I don't want him touching my roster. I think him being on any football team just hurts that organization. I think the longer you wait for Justin Fields, the worse your chances are going to be long-term. Uh, and even this season, like, Andy Dalton's not going to be good enough to win uh, to win games and make the playoffs. Like, straight up, I think Mitch, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles is a better choice than him. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely fair. But, like I said, the Bears probably aren't really expecting to win this division now that Aaron, they're probably gearing up for like next year as the year to start their push when Aaron Rodgers and stuff are done. But I want to talk about David Montgomery. I think that he is being dated a lot. He's based on just him performing against those bad teams at the end of the last season, which really boosted his numbers. But 
Tariq Cohen is having problems coming back from his injury, and I think that this might be just an absolute workload, workhorse type of back, similar to what we saw at the end of last season. Like when Tariq Cohen went out, it went entirely Dave Montgomery, and I think it's going to continue to be that way. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as an RB1, just because, you know, an RB1 is a valuable position, but people are sleeping on him, and he finished last season's RB4, which is kind of confusing. He's kind of, like, climbed up my draft radar, but I don't know. What do you guys think of him? Uh, I like Monty. I'm a fan. Alex? Gets the job done. Um, oh, Alex is a hater. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh... I'll, I'll just start by asking some questions. Um, so would you guys rather have uh, Antonio Gibson or Damon Montgomery? That's pretty, that's pretty close for me. David Montgomery. Uh, I would have to go. Would you rather have... Uh, is, that, is that a good line? Like Antonio Gibson-ish? Yeah, he's roughly an Antonio Gibson. Okay, but... so here's the thing that I don't like about David Montgomery. Um, I think he's like, as like a player, I don't think he's anything special. Like, uh, from all that I saw last year, like he did not like impress me really. Like he did not show anything that a, a an like a typical NFL running back would just not have. The only thing that he has is that he's younger and a bit more agile. And I mean, that's going to go away quick because it always does. He has none of the like intangibles that makes a great running back great. Like, in terms of talent, I think, like, the guy we just talked about, DeAndre Swift, like, blows him out of the water, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about David Montgomery is that he's the only guy on this roster that has shown anything in the NFL, and he's proven that he can take a workload. He's kind of like a very, very, very bad, bad version of uh, Derrick Henry, and I mean, we know how I feel about Derrick Henry, so I'm not going to do it again. The thing, like that's basically what I'm, what I, where I would lean on with David Montgomery. I don't think he's anything special whatsoever, and any success that you are going to predict for him is strictly based on workload. And I think that's not the best thing to do because, say, like Justin Fields is the quarterback, right? David Montgomery no longer gets touchdowns, and you are stuck with a guy that's going to average like two to three yards of carry and never going to find the end zone. Because I mean, Tariq Cohen's going to play. Damian Williams is going to get some. Uh, get some playing time and they also drafted a rookie i forget his name but they drafted that rookie running back and yeah he's gonna see the field so i mean like i I think that's yeah i don't think my team so i don't i don't see a path where david montgomery like extremely impresses and i see a very clear path where he just goes straight into the dumpster next year yeah, that's fair. I mean, people are sleeping on Damon Williams because, like, the last time we saw him play football, he was, like, a Super Bowl MVP but got robbed. Yeah, um, he took a year off because of COVID, so it's not like he lost anything. Like, I think, I think like, the last the last we saw of both Damian Williams and David Montgomery, I think Damian Williams was a slightly better player. And I don't I don't think it's a, the, the gap is huge, but just to tell you, like, what kind of player David Montgomery is, I think he's a very good comparison to Damian Williams. Like, just standard nfl running back doesn't do anything special doesn't have any like he can't cut he can't cut extremely well he doesn't have great vision like he's like he's good he's tough he's he can run straight and he can do things that not all the nfl athletes can do but like he's nothing special yeah well i think we should talk about the receivers because that uh, is actually, another... oh, before we get a little Those deeper points? into this roster i just i want to go back to justin, justin and Peele. i want to say that like i don't get 
how this guy doesn't like I feel like he's just so underappreciated. Yeah. And like undervalued because if you think about it, even you go back all the way back to the Elite Eleven before he I played think- college ball. He beat Trevor Lawrence in the finals. Yeah, yeah. He should have been the number one pick in the and then, draft. And then in college ball, who did he beat in the finals again? I don't know. You got to answer your own question. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You're the guy who put me on uh, Elite 11, Elite 7 when they were and just like on Justin. On top of that, I just watched like a rookie, the, the, the Hay rookie thing on NFL, and I saw like the conversation that Matt Nagy had with when he drafted him and like, he looks like he, like he really wants him there. So like when it comes to Andy Dalton starting over him, it, like, I just don't really care cause it's the bears. But like, I feel like this guy is the best quarterback in the draft. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I think he's the type of guy that can make the entire roster better. And I mean the entire roster, I think he can like, he can turn Tariq Cohen from a guy that was like, like he can turn him from what Neheim Hines has been the last two years to what like, just somebody I can't think of anybody like, but somebody like special because like I mean there's two guys in the NFL that are just lightning quick and it's Tariq Cohen and Neheim Hines. I've been saying this for like a long time, but Tyree kills pretty quick. Well, I mean the Tyree kills quick, but he's a different he's a he, he's he's a different kind like it's it's really hard to explain without watching film, but like. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I get what you're saying. But, like, Tariq but, Cohen's a special player. I'll just say that. And Justin Fields can, I think, like, if he was if he was on, like, Tom Brady's team or, or Drew Brees' team, Tariq Cohen would be a goddamn menace. Uh, that's fair. But and we, we can, like, segue into the receivers, you know? Yeah, he has to recover from the surgery first. Segue into the receivers. It's not like he has bad receivers either. Yeah. I like Al Robinson. I think he's going to finish as, like, a top... 15 receiver this year. Well, they have the best receiver in the NFL on their team, too. <laughs> I'll say this about Allen Robinson. Uh, I don't understand why people are so high in Terry McLaurin and not as high in Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson and Terry McLaurin are like the exact same player. And I think right now, at this point in the career, I think Allen Robinson's kind of better. The only, he is. The only difference, like, I mean, it's Andy Dalton versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. And on the... Uh, I mean, Justin Fields, they have Justin Fields coming up. So, I mean, if Justin Fields is the quarterback, I think instantly you're, you're more excited about Allen Robinson. I think their ADPs flip almost instantly. I think right now, Terry McLaurin's going like, uh, I think the wide receiver like six, and Allen Robinson's going like the 12 to like 15-ish, which I think is ridiculous. I think, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how those two specific, specifically have like a, such a large gap. To, to me, they're so similar, and they're just as talented, and they've put up the exact same numbers. I just I don't get it. Yeah, well, if we look at what Jake feels about Darnell Mooney, you know <laughs> that he should be a top two receiver in the NFL, and I don't think he's number two. He has a lot of games last year where like he would just get open down the field. He just needs a receiver to hit them, so it's going to be interesting for both of these. I do like Allen Robinson a lot. I think he'll finish as like a solid wide receiver one. So... There's that, plus, like you said, Justin Fields is there. I think his value goes up. But, like, this team is really, really solid, and I think next year they'll probably be the division winner. Yeah. Sarah, what do you, what do you think about Darnell? Well, I like Allen Robinson regardless of the quarterback situation. Yeah. But I think, like, 
if Dalton is like Dalton starting, I don't like that for me. Really, how much of an upgrade is that from what you were at last? It's not. It's a downgrade. Like who's gonna who's gonna get him the ball? Like who's gonna get him the ball? I think if Fields is playing, Darnell Mooney looks unreal. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think what this is what's going to happen, right? I think preseason's going to start, and they're going to see Justin Fields in actual games, and they're going to be like, man, Andy Dalton sucks, <laughs> and there's no way we can rationally put him out week one. I don't care what you promised him. If you were put him on the field over Justin Fields, you were actively tanking your season. Yeah, that's fair, but... Oh, do you have any final points on the Bears? Um, okay, let me just skim through the roster. Um, yeah, nobody else really matters. Okay, there's there's one guy we haven't talked about, uh, Cole Komet. Uh, for some reason, the, dy- the the fantasy community is like loving Cole Komet this year. I don't get it. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I went back and watched a bit of him, and I didn't think he was anything really special. Uh, do either of you guys feel any strongly about Cole Komet either way? Mm-mm. No, not really. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, there's nobody else on this team that really matters. Uh, Justin Fields is sick. Andy Dalton sucks. The rest of them. I think – hold on. I got one more thing. I think what could really screw the Bears over is if they start Dalton and they win a couple games because of their defense, and then they want to keep Dalton on the field because they're winning. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what's going to happen. I like the, the Niners as well. They could just start Jimmy G, win a couple of games with their and defense. I, I really think if they win games early, that could actually. Yeah, I think uh, I think what needs to happen is uh, them to lose week one badly or uh, for Justin Fields to just torch opposing defenses in preseason. I think if they either win week one or lose week one at, at, by like a one score game, I don't think I think we're not seeing Justin Fields until like week five. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Go to Minnesota. Yeah, last team in the division. Um. All right. Uh. So this has a lot of a lot a lot of fantasy relevant players. So I mean, Sarek, what's your favorite? My favorite fantasy player on Minnesota. Yeah. Well, that's a tough question. That's a really it, tough it actually question. Actually, because you know it's got to be Dalvin Cook because he's just it unreal. Is. But at the same it time, no, it, it is. It's Justin Jefferson who's he, who's young. So if you're if you're trying to build the squad. I think I understand you're trying to make this obvious <laughs> but question, it's Del- but it's Delvin. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> like no matter what kind of format, what kind of league, like could be a dynasty league. I'm taking Dalvin Cook over the Justin f- Jefferson. The funny thing about Minnesota to me is like, if you look at how many fantasy relevant players they have, and compare it to how good they actually are, like NFL, what like as a team in the NFL, <laughs> doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah. I know, it's like, I look at them, and, like, Kirk Cousins, I went back and looked at this, um, he actually has, yeah, like, he had, like, really started, like, he had a lot of startable games, especially towards the end of the season, and, like, Dalvin Cook is, Dalvin Cook, who's phenomenal, and then there's Adam Thielen and Justin Session as well, so this could be, like, a very, very valuable fantasy team. Even on top of that, I think Irv Smith could be something this year. Yeah, yeah, he was. He got the bag as well for based on how he played last year. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, let's start at the top then. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, would you rather have him or uh, Matt Ryan? That is like so dead even for me. I just don't care. Like, <laughs> if I had to choose between the two, just 
flip a coin and give me either one. Okay, would you rather have him or uh, Justin Fields for fantasy? Redraft. Okay. Um, uh, probably Kirk. Probably yeah, Kirk. I think so. Okay, so that's roughly where he is for fantasy. I think I'd agree. I think he's the next generation of like Alex Smith, where he's like the best game manager that we have in the NFL, and he's going to have a job for the rest of his life. I think he's like Jared, Jared Goff in the future is going to be Kirk Cousins. Like he's the next one to take the mantle and just be <laughs> this guy and going to have have a job forever. Um, yeah, so Alex Smith passed the torch to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I think I think that's sort of where he is, and he'll always have a role. I think he's not gonna he's not gonna win you Super Super Bowl on his own, but he he can win one, and he's not gonna lose you one. Like he's not gonna be like uh, Peyton Manning in the, in the Denver Super Bowl. Like he's not gonna actively hurt your team. Oh uh, yeah, there was Peyton Manning did not play good in either Super Bowl, any Super Bowl really for that matter. Well, no, any I, postseason I, game for that matter. Okay, I, I was talking about, I was talking about the, the Denver Super Bowl, but all right, whatever. Um, all right, next top. Okay, let's let's go to let's go on to Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook is amazing. Um, I really need to talk about. I yeah. think like, okay. there's players like that we just should not waste time on because he is just locked and loaded. Bang. Yeah. All right. Oh. I mean, let's let's just do the only question. Would you rather draft him or uh, uh, Alvin Kamara? Dalvin Cook. Zarek. When it comes to like the top three, four running backs, again, I don't. Like, just give me one of them. Yeah, all right. I would take Alvin Kamara. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, the, all right. Let's... Here's a question for you guys, because I'm not super high on Justin Jefferson, but what do you guys think his ceiling is? Like, the wide receiver what? This year? Yeah. Sarah, you go first. Um, I want to say, like, 14 or... I was going to say, like... I was going to say, like, 10-ish. Okay, so you guys think he has potential to be like a low-end wide receiver one, but you don't think he makes his push into the top? I don't think he like. I don't think he beats like all of like Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs. Like, I don't think he like like torches through all those guys because I mean the dude, the top ten receivers in the NFL are fucking crazy. Like, I mean, yeah. if you look at the list, like, it's like, like, I mean, dude, like Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, like uh, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, like, it's crazy. And like, I mean, if you think Justin Jefferson's going to be like top 10, I just think you're delusional. I think, I think like somewhere between 10 and 12 or like 10, and like 15 is like a good reasonable bet because I think he like. Of every tier two receiver, I think he has the most potential by far. Like, I don't think there's, there's not a, I don't think there's a tier two receiver you can name where I would be like, I want that guy over Justin Jefferson. I just think Justin Jefferson is like, is, is, he has all the potential in the world. And I think if he like, he refines a few things, he's going to be in, like, he's going to be in this league for a while regardless, but he could, he could break into the, into the top echelon if he, if he does that. I think I would rather have Amari Cooper over Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I would too, no question. Yeah, I think he's a tier two receiver that you were just talking about. Did you can really think of one? That's the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, I would I would I would take I would take Amari, no question. <laughs> I would take I would take I would take Justin Jefferson over C D Lamb though. No not even hesitate. Uh yeah, just because I don't think Adam Thielen is anywhere as good as Amari Cooper is, so it's kinda like the target share is going to be more skewed towards 
Justin Jefferson. But other than that, like, Derek, what do you think about Justin Jefferson? I'll let you talk about him. Uh, I, like I said, like I think he's like a top fifteen receiver. At like, if if he is, that's like his ceiling this year for me because yeah. I just don't. You don't really know. It yeah. With Kirk Cousins. That's fair. And at the same time, like he could be as good as like an Allen Robinson, maybe, but like, hmm. I don't know. Would you just you, would you rather have uh, AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson? AJ Brown. Brown. I think I would take Justin. Okay, so you hate Tennessee with a burning passion. Okay, yeah, all right. AJ Brown has Julio on his team to take away or to take defenses away. Justin Jefferson has Adam Thielen. I've like to be honest, I've always hated that argument of like this guy has yeah, okay, the, the wider receiver one to take stupid. away the okay, defense. The, yeah, the argument is stupid because you could argue it either way. You could say, "All right, this guy is the number one on this team. Look, there's no competition." Or you could say, "There's nobody else on this team. The other team's just going to triple him, and he's going to get no targets." Like the argument can go either way. I, I, like I think at this point, like when we're in August second, I think at this point right now, the best thing to do is just take the guy that you like. And I'll tell you straight up, I like. Justin Jefferson is a player so much more than AJ Brown. Yeah, but you also think yeah, Derrick Henry a is a bottom five running back. I'm not bottom five, but just not where he is. I think uh, I think Justin Jefferson. So so the thing that surprised me about Justin Jefferson, I'll say this, and then we'll move on. Um, Justin Jefferson is the type of player that Kirk Cousins never supports. Like it, he's very very like precise, and the way that he does things is very like to a T. But when he had Stefan Diggs on his team, he would never throw him the ball. And Stefan Diggs is the embodiment of that. So I I don't understand quite how Justin Jefferson is having so much success. Like it's very like I've 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 watched the tape and it's like I don't understand what's the difference. I, I don't as a as I a, think he's just a dog. That's what it is. Like when you see it like when we watched him in college, like there's like a lot of things people have and he just is like gonna sound like obvious but he's just like a football player like he's a type of guy who will just go out and do it and like there's like that yeah yeah no factor. Yeah. i get what you're saying because stefan diggs is definitely not that stefan diggs is much more like keenan keenan allen-esque where he like he doesn't want to be touched or like Amari cooper yeah where exactly he, yeah where he's like yeah like i, I get like justin I, jefferson is yeah, like i get it that's what i the exact same thing that i think jamar chase has i think those lsu guys like they were all just like dogs so i think that's what that's the difference between Justin Jefferson and uh, Stefan Diggs, but I obviously, I think. Oh, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say I think Stefan Diggs is better by by like oh, yeah. not by a lot, but like he's just better. But I think, I think, I think that's by a lot. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll add is when Jeff when Jefferson's he's so fun to watch. Like, yep. It's, he's so entertaining. You know who I think is gonna be the most fun to watch this year is like a rookie. I think Jalen Waddle is going to be the most fun rookie to watch. Uh, the Dolphins are going to be a fun team to watch in general, but I mean, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Um, the uh, let's talk about the last fantasy relevant thing on this team, and that's Adam Thielen. Where would you draft Adam Thielen this year? Uh, let's get, let me give you a line to start off with. Um, would you rather have a him or a CD Lamb? Lamb. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so when do you? Continue? I think for me, yeah. for me, the line is like 
Oh god, it's it's. I don't like. I would rather have any someone else take Adam Thielen before I take him. Like for me, it's kind of like Odell Beckham and like Adam Thielen. Like that's where I have him, and I would obviously lean like Odell Beckham, but like I'm really really low on him. I don't have. Okay, here's 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 another question. Who do you think is gonna have a better fantasy season, uh, Cooper Cup or Adam Thielen? Cooper Cup as well. I'm just not super crazy on. Adam Thielen. It's just, that's just it for me. Yeah. Okay. Sarah. Right, do you like him? Do you like him, Alex? Do I like him? Um, I think he's going to have a role. I think he's going to... I think his yardage is going to be the exact same as last year, but I think his touchdowns are going to get cut in half. That's basically what I think is going to happen. Um, I think he's a good player. Like I think, I think what you can expect from him going forward is just what Jarvis Landry has been doing. Um, I like that. Like I think, I think, yeah. I think basically, like he's going to be that guy where you can draft him and fully expect, like, well, I don't know what the line's going to be now, but like pretend it's a sixteen-game season, it, you could expect like seven hundred yards and like five touchdowns. And no, I think he's gonna have more yards than that. No, but. yeah, but like, like, but you know what I mean, like Jarvis Landry yeah. type of player. Like, he's I love the, that comparison. Like, he's the exact same player. His hands are amazing. He's, he's like a really tough like guy that'll post out like dudes. Like, like yeah, a, white receiver. He's a slut. He's a gritty guy. Yeah. Well, he, he's yeah. a really good complimentary receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Minnesota did it right drafting Jefferson because it was like you you went from Diggs and Thielen. And it works because Diggs is there. And if Jefferson can be that good, then it makes sense for Adam Thielen to, to be just like, he'll be okay if Jefferson's good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So to close out, let's just ask, who do you guys think is finishing second in this division? I think that's the only question mark, the two and three. I think one and four, we all know, are going to consensus agree. It's, Lions, it's Packers-Lions. Two and three, where do you guys have? Depends on how long it takes Justin Fields to get on the field. I will take the Vikings regardless, just because I believe in the team more. Uh, I believe in the team and the coaching more, just straight up. Um, I don't think, like, even if you like, if you switch these rosters, like, pretend the coaches switch teams, right? I think if these regimes were swapped, I think I would, th- I would take the Bears. I-, I think this. I don't think either team is like, like a large amount better than the other. And I just think the coaches are just so much better in on the Vikings. Yeah, that's fair. Mike Zimmer's still a coach in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Imagine what he would do with Khalil Mack. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. scary. Yeah, it'd be like, I'm telling you, like the... Uh... Fun fact, speaking of coaches, the Minnesota's offensive coordinator is a Kubiak. And it's not Gary Kubiak, or, or Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. I've never heard of that before. He's the director of The Shining. Yeah, you've probably never seen The Shining. You're too young. All right. Uh, let's 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 move on. To, let's move on to keepers. Uh, all right. We just had our keepers locked uh, last weekend. So let's. Uh, all right. I mean, let's start off with initial reactions. Yeah, just start off with initial reactions. Um, I mean. What, uh, Sarek, what sticks out to you on the keepers when you look at the whole thing? Uh, I think you have one that's... You, but you're a big... I th- your Gibson one is interesting to me, but you like him. It's okay. 
Other than that, it's kind of just like maybe Deontay Johnson for Christian or like D-Hop for Kai. Like he's pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, like he, DeAndre Hopkins, when I put that in, I was pretty surprised at how much he was, like $52. Like, So to give you a perspective, uh, for $3 more, Dalvin Cook is being kept uh, on Sarek's team. But, uh, yeah, it's like... like well, that's the thing. That's just Kyron's mentality. Like, we saw it in the Dynasty draft. Like, he doesn't care. If he wants a stack, he'll pay for it no matter what. So he's probably just saying, like, whatever, I'll pay an extra $3 for... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins compared to his market price and then just not have to worry about getting into a bidding war when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, do you think, like, okay, so this is a, this is a bigger question. This is basically the first four rounds of the Dynasty draft, right? So when you look at the market for receivers, of the guys that are left, do you think the wide receiver one is going to go for, like, 50 bucks? I mean, Devontae Adams, yeah, I could see it. Really? Well, that like that's probably the wide receiver one, like overall, not, oh, yeah. not considering like anything. So yeah, I like, could it's, definitely it's, see it's, that. It's uh, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. Diggs will be out there, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, like, those, those two are like the only 48. ones. Yeah, but that's a thing. Like this is probably like overall, we've had a lot of quality players being kept this year, and oh, yeah. that's something that like in the past usually it's been like more value players and stuff like that. But this year it's been like. Salt, like Alex, for example, is keeping like DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson. Josh is keeping Jonathan Honestly, Taylor, Travis Kels. And like I'm keeping Nick Chubb. Christian's keeping Christian McCaffrey, like Josh Allen, Darren Wall. Like my favorite keepers are Mikhail's. I think his team is set up so well. I think he's going to have a really, really good year. Now that I'm looking at all the running backs who are kept, Alex keeping Antonio Gibson makes. Yeah, that's what I think I was. I probably like him towards Antonio Gibson. Okay, so I'll tell you the reason behind keeping Antonio Gibson because he's the one. He was the last one that I, that I picked on my roster, and it, I was I was I was I was considering so many things for so long. Like I, there were there were versions of this keep of this keeper thing where like I was keeping like Antonio Brown and I was keeping like Chase Edmonds. Like Antonio Gibson, basically at the end of the day, what it came down to was this. I was like. I don't believe in Chase Edmonds as a player, like at all. I, I don't think he can do anything. I don't really want him. Even if he's there, I would not draft him. So, all right, then what are my options? All right, I have to have a running back because I'm keep, keeping two wide receivers and Tom Brady because I just can't pass up on that value on Tom Brady. Uh, so, my options are basically Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson. And if you look at like their outlook like this year, right? Antonio Gibson, uh, the only running back in Washington. Uh, coming off his rookie year and th- playing through a lingering injury where they put up like 40 points a week for $24, or I can keep Josh Jacobs, whose team threw away the half their offensive line, assigned another running back, and I have to pay an extra $15. So that's basically what the thought process of where I ended up with Antonio Gibson, because I was... so. The way that the keepers work, for anybody that doesn't know, my deadline is a week before everybody else's because I have to tell Marco. So because when everybody else tells me, I can't like change mine because I'm the only one that knows them. So, like, I, it, it's hard, right? Like, like I think Antonio Gibson, like looking at what everybody else kept, kept, I'm really happy I did it. Like I, like I'm pretty happy 
with how everything like landed because I think this sets me up a lot better than it would without. Uh, no, I was like, I was probably I was like one of the biggest guys because I know what everyone was like kind of trending towards keeping because I just talked to everybody. And, like, I know Sarek was keeping, like, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. I knew that, like, I was keeping, for example, Nick Chubb. I know Christian was staying on the CMC. I know Mikhail was, like, Henry and Dobbins. But, like, regardless, I there was probably, like, 12 running backs being kept. And they weren't, like, bad running backs. Yeah, like, the, they were like, probably, like, 12 of the top 15 running backs being kept. Yeah, so, the for RB a team, won. like, the RB I want to finish. Right Let now. me finish okay, this. Okay, Let me finish my point. <laughs> yeah, so like for a team like Kyron, for example, who's already spent the most money keeper-wise, he doesn't have a running back, so he's going to be forced to go after and bid on a guy like Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, like Zeke, like those guys. And the guys he's keeping are like, other yeah. than Mahomes and Murray. Like, yeah. he's got Helen Hopkins for $92. Yeah, and it's like fair, but that's the thing. Now, not having two quarter two running backs is going to leave you in a super, super... Yeah, position now, where we're like you can't afford to pass on on a lot of people. He's gonna have to spend just as much as he spent on Hill and yeah. Hopkins for like Zeke. Yeah, exactly. and he's gonna have to get another running back. Yeah, I exactly. think yeah, hundred percent. The I mean, the, the, if you look at like the like again, like you like you just said, like there the only tier one running backs left are like Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, and then like Saquon Barkley. If the and injury, and, like, I would Zeke. put I would put Zeke over Mixon. Well, I mean, I yeah yeah definitely. I'd put Mixon over Barkley and Zeke over both of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I, right now, I think I think in redraft, Barkley's like undraftable. Like right now. Um, just yeah. where he's going and like where, like what the that's injury, the thing, right? Like, it's like, like those are only know. there's only what those three, three, four running backs yeah, are like RB ones. And you look at people like yeah, it's crazy. Like Alex needs a running back. Kyron needs two running backs. Christian needs a running back. Like yeah, and even if he be wants a... to draft like a rookie running back, like yeah. like Travis Etienne, like and that's kind of costly. Najee Harris Najee is going to go for like the same amount uh, that Devontae Parker, go- not Devontae Parker, uh, the uh, Devontae Adams goes for. Uh, maybe yeah, probably just because it's like yeah, there's nobody left. Like it goes those four tier ones, then there's a huge gap, and then there's like Ceh, Najee Harris, and like mm-hmm. nobody else. There's no there's no tier two running backs. And like some tier one running backs left. Like, if you look and just like plot this out, it's crazy. Like, there's nobody left. Like, yeah. dude, even when you look at a when when you do a mock draft this year and you draft and you if you don't draft a running back in the first two rounds, there's nobody. Now, dude, even after the end of the first round, there's nobody. Yeah, yeah, but like what I'm saying is like now imagine that like happens, but now you're at the end of the third round and you don't have a running back and you're just like boned. And the thing is with our format you have to start three running backs and that's going to be i think that's going to be the 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 point where most of these teams live or die uh, because i mean it, it, like i mean i think i think Kai can do it but he's going to need to hit like some some shit right like like man that's yeah that's the thing like in order to do like good in that league you just have to hit on some of your cheap players for example like if you look at it like josh had uh well josh actually had a really solid team last year but jake was drafted the god squad but like Kyron just like all in give me these stacks whatever alex hit on like the dk metcalf the justin jefferson like those were like the four playoff teams so you're gonna have to hit on a couple of cheap guys 
do it regardless, but I think just being able to have two running backs and affording to pass yourself, affording to pass on the running backs, I think that's going to be one of the things. Another thing I want to mention is this is the third year now that we've started the keeper, so now people from the original startup draft are now going back into the pool next year. So like Christian McCaffrey, Tyree Killen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Aaron Jones, Jones, like... I think are those the only three keeps? Uh, you, uh, you can scroll uh, through all of them. I just yeah, yeah. Uh, Cooper and Cooper Cup. Yeah, so those are the guys who are like finally going back into the pool. So it's going to be really interesting, like for next year to see how it goes. Yeah, but, and I think this segues into the, the next point that I wanted to make, which is I think this year is when quarterback prices in this league are going to start to skyrocket because the last two, three to three years, the fact that Patrick Mahomes was kept for ten and nine dollars skewed the market so hard and this year we're seeing like some quarterbacks start to be kept for a lot more money like josh allen's being kept for 20 lamar jackson's being kept for 16 uh like like i got keeping russell wilson as well yeah and the thing is like people and the thing is we just had our dynasty draft and people in there started to realize like man you cannot win these leagues without quarterbacks and we saw there like people were spending $50 on Kyler Murray and $50 on like Josh Allen like the I think the fact that this year is the last year for Patrick Mahomes is the biggest like like it's a one dollar change, like in actuality, right? But it like is somebody's gonna have to buy him next year. Yeah, the thing is, like, just the fact that he was kept changes the entire landscape of this league, and the fact that quarterbacks now are not going to be free changes the entire dynamic. And the thing is, this one shift changes the whole league because now, 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 wide receivers are going to be the one that's are that are depressed, and people are going to get find value there. Like the. The thing about this league is that just in the, in the past two to three years, the amount of meta changes that have happened during the drafts just naturally because of what has happened and how people have gotten lucky have been so complicated. And it's been like, it's been so fun because like, it's it's such a unique draft that you cannot find, you cannot like, like, like it's so impossible to mock draft this because it's so unlike any other format. Like it's just, it's so interesting. I just wanted on the record that everything Alex was saying, I vocalized to him two days ago. <laughs> so I'm just glad that what I'm saying is actually like, like, huh, you know, he this guy you. is not crazy. Like, for example, <laughs> after I announced that I was initially keeping like Dak into a Jake messaged me, he's like, no way you're keeping Dak for $24. And I went out to say, I was like, well, QBs in the times are going for like 40 and 50. And obviously it's not going to be that expensive, but like, so the, the thing, best QB yeah. available left is Dak. So I think people who need quarterbacks are going to have to go after like Dak. They're going to have to go over after like Justin Herbert. And that puts you in a spot where like you're paying 25 to 20, like the high 20s basically for quarterbacks this year. And even next year when Patrick Mahomes goes back into the pool, Does like Iron pay $80 for him. Yeah, next but year? Like, that, like That's the thing. Just the fact that he's being kept changes everything. Like the fact that I'm keeping uh, DK and Justin for what they're being kept for changes the entire landscape. Like, well, like there's that. And it's like, you keep all like, this is, I'm going to go on like the, the dynasty rankings, like and the quarterbacks. And I'll tell you how many being kept. Patrick Mahomes is number one. He's kept. Josh Allen, number two, kept. Kyler Murray, number three, kept. Lamar Jacks, number four, kept. Then you have Dak Prescott, number five. You have Russell Wilson being kept at number six. You have Tom Brady being kept at number nine. 
you got Matt Stafford being kept at like 14, and it's like you have eight teams in this league, so every team needs to start two quarterbacks. So that's like that's over half of the starting of the top 16 quarterbacks who are just being kept. Now you have to get into the position where you're gonna have to get into like bidding wars over guys you normally wouldn't, like Ryan Tannehill, for example, Jalen Hurts, like. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the draft because yeah, this is, people I, are going to have to manage their money. Yeah, I think this is the year that defines the next three years of this Dynasty League in some shape or form. Because, I mean, this is going to change. Again, this is going to change next year because next year DK is going to go into his last year. And then that's going to change everything. Like, the this thing is going to always be changing. And the way that it's changing is going to be different every time because of just the way that the format works. Um, like it's, 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 it's incredibly interesting. And I think the way the keepers have been set up, there are, I think, I don't think, I don't even think there's clear, clear winners and losers. I just think there are te- there are teams just that have just tried out such different strategies. And I mean, we'll see what happens when draft day comes. Cause I mean, it could work. Yeah. Uh, I know I agree with that 100%. I think there's a lot of interesting strategies, but if I had to give like a ranking, I think yeah, I'd yeah, probably pick, go pick, pick one. You pick one team besides yourself. I think Mikhail's team really looks good to me. I think he's spending like $85, and he has like an RB one. He has an RB 2.5. He has a wide receiver two, and he has a quarterback one. And he's like spending, I think, the third most, so third less, least. Sorry, I think it looks good for him. I like Alex. I like me too. Um, if I had to pick one, I think it would be. Oh my god. Um, man, if 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 okay, here's the thing. If it wasn't if the name wasn't Derrick Henry, I would pick Mikhail. But like like if you, like if you named him John Smith and he had Derrick Henry stats, I would like Mikhail's. But. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, man, I just, I, I'm telling you straight up, I, I don't believe in him. Like, I, I, I don't like. He's on my do not draft list. I think he's a waste of twenty dollars. I don't think you can, like, like. Okay. I mean, so let's let's put it straight. You're spending twenty four on Antonio Gibson. So you're saying you wouldn't have Derrick Henry for five dollars less? <laughs> yeah, I would not. <laughs> straight up, I would not keep. Like, I don't like. I don't want this guy on my roster. Like, honestly. So for like, example, if he offers you. Tom Brady and Derrick Henry for Antonio Gibson, you're saying no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't okay. really talk about everyone's keeps. We just... Well, we can talk about them if you want. Yeah, let's do... Like, I think... Let's do quickly. I want to talk talk, about... We talked about mine. We talked about Mikhail's. Uh, let's talk about quickly about Josh's. Um, I think Josh's I team is Josh's like... At all. I think it's expensive keeping Kels for $35 just because he's a tight end, but he doesn't put up tight end numbers, so it's, like, justifiable. But I, I'm not, I am a fan of it. I don't mind it. It looks pretty solid. It yeah. looks pretty solid. Like, like I th- I'll tell you straight up, talent-wise, I like this one over Mikhail's. Like, again, again like, I'd rather, like... Again, yeah, but Josh also spending $30 more than Mikhail. I'd probably go, like, Alex, Mikhail, then Josh. Yeah, I, I Matt Stafford for seven is a steal. Uh, Travis Kels is about like slightly under par. Jonathan Taylor is like probably it's probably like ten dollars under. And then the the well fifteen in this draft even. Yeah, DeAndre Swift I'd say is probably like ten dollars under par. So I mean overall it's a pretty good value. He's just spending like a hundred bucks instead of like like I'm spending like like forty or something. So yeah, 
You're spending, you think you're spending that much? Yeah, I am. 24 plus 5 is 30 plus 3 plus 9. That's like, yeah, 40 bucks. Um, yeah, Josh's team is sick. He's saving a lot of money, but he has some like high tier players. Uh, and yeah, I, like, like I said earlier, if DeAndre Swift, like, I, like he has all the potential in the world. Like, DeAndre Swift, I saw in him a, not, I'm not going to say the same thing, but a, like a similar type of potential that I saw in Christian McCaffrey when, when I was originally, originally bidding on him with Christian in the first year. Like, I saw that type of potential. Yeah. No, but yeah, no, it's, it's pretty solid. I think Josh is spending more money than I would want to spend, but I do yeah, like yeah, his players are amazing. Um, the we talked about Marco's team. Let's do. Uh, I mean, let's talk briefly about Christian. I mean, Christian's keeping Christian McCaffrey. Like, I, no, no explanation there. Josh Allen for twenty dollars. We talked about about quarterbacks. Uh, what do you think about Darren Waller and Deontay Johnson? I love the prices. Yeah, so Deontay Johnson six dollars and Darren Waller is eleven dollars. The thing oh. with Deontay Johnson is. The way I look at the Steelers receiving, it's just a shitty version of Dallas's receiving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing, like, the thing about I've always been the advocate for, like, if you don't have, like, a good guy you want to keep, then just make your last keep, like, a draft pick, for example. And that's what he did. Like, if you're at the end of the draft and you can get Deontay Johnson for $6, you're happy. So it's like, why not just get him for $6 now so you can budget accordingly? Yeah. Um, I don't really have a problem with Christian's keeps at all. Yeah, I think I think Darren Waller for eleven is a steal. I think he's worth like thirty. I think Deontay Johnson has a lot of potential, and I mean, it makes like I mean. For the record, at the draft last year, Alex was criticizing Darren Waller for being gone for yeah, eleven. I was, okay, I'll, yeah, Darren Waller was a guy that I was completely wrong on, like straight up. Like I'll tell you, like, I'll tell, I'll, I'll just like own up to it. Like, damn right, you were. Yeah, I was like straight. I was like I like I watched him play last year, and like he was just a different like beast, like. Like there's like I was totally wrong with what I saw on tape his first year. Like, it like it doesn't happen often, but Darren Waller I was totally wrong on. Mm. And then uh, lastly, I think we just have Jake. I think his keeps are solid. I think I told I texted Jake this as well. I think Daryl Henderson literally saved his team so yeah, I badly. Agree. I agree. I can. And I, it's I, like yeah, I agree. Like I cannot believe that. After what he went through last year, the gods are like, all right, Jake, we want to see you do it again. So have Daryl Henderson. Like, he kept him thinking he was going to overtake uh, Cam Akers from a talent perspective. John McVay comes out and is like, yeah, Cam Akers is our guy, no question. And then, bang, Achilles gets sniped. So now he has Daryl Henderson for $2, which is probably one of the better keeps overall in the draft. But I just think it is so, like... It's just so lucky. Like that doesn't happen often. And yeah, I mean, we talked about it like an, an, an episode or two ago when Cam Akers got his like t- when when Josh's team blew up. The uh, yeah. like I was here for that. Yeah, like 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 Cam Akers, like him going down instantly pump like bumps Daryl Henderson from like an 18th round pick to like a fourth round pick, which yeah. is for two dollars. That's easily probably the best ballot value in the draft. Like no question. Um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes for eleven bucks. I think Mahomes and even like no, Justin Jefferson thing, like, for like three you, is solid. Like, like just slot in. Like, so pretend he's the RB like, like fifteen, fifteen ish, right? Like he's the RB fifteen ish. Okay, if you just slot him in where the RB fifteen went last year, that's like it was like forty. It was like thirty five to forty dollars, right? Yeah. 
And if you slot in like Patrick Mahomes, right? If he was like, well, okay, well, it's different with Patrick Mahomes because yeah. we talked about it earlier. But like, if you look at the QB one from last year, it was like twenty five dollars. So if you just look at strictly value, you're saving like forty dollars on Daryl Henderson, whereas with like a quarterback, you're saving like twenty five thirty. So like, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, just straight up value. The only other one you could argue is like Justin Jefferson or DK Metcalf. But I think just the fact that he's a running back and the fact that you're getting him for two dollars, especially this year with the way the market's like working out, it's gonna be crazy. Like this, it changes everything for Jake. Yeah, no, it really. Aaron Jones is just as valuable at his price. I like Aaron Jones at ten dollars as well. I mean, yeah, I think we can talk about Sarek's team now. We're here. I think I told him this. Everyone he's keeping is like probably like five to fifteen. So. Aaron Jones is probably like thirty-five to forty-five to forty dollars under his price, and I love that keep. Dalvin Cook is a guy who's one or two dollars, probably like within his market price. But like I said, just keep Dalvin Cook and not worry about it. Calvin Ridley is probably like ten to fifteen dollars under his market price, and AJ Brown is like probably ten dollars under his market price. So like, I am still spending like a hundred. Yeah, so you are spending like. A decent amount of money, but like you have two RB ones on a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two, and like you're saving money on essentially three players, so it's it still puts you in a good position. I like it. Yeah, you're like basically it. in the same spot that Kyron is, but instead of two quarterbacks, you have two running backs, and the way that the market works out this year, you have a huge edge on Kai. Just the way that your mm-hmm. roster construction is gonna like pan out, because like to get to where you are, Kai's gonna have to spend a hundred bucks. For you to get to where Kai is, you're gonna have to spend fifty bucks. Yeah, Ryan is actually, but well, yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, but whatever. The uh, I, I think I think you have a huge edge. I mean, the that was the last like that like key, set of keys, and I just think like everybody this year has done things so differently and i think the way that this is set up is so unbelievably interesting and i think i can't wait to get to this draft yeah it's gonna be fun i'm really really curious i was kind of just thinking of my strategies that's why i went like two running backs and then i went two quarterbacks as well so we'll see uh yeah yeah i think that about that about wraps it up so you guys uh, you guys got any uh can can we get like a little inside scoop on some strats I can tell you mine. So, like I was saying, just like if you, just just like a little bit of it, though. Well, no, like okay. Well, I'm not really. You don't gotta go full in detail with your strategy. Okay. So I wanted to just keep two quarterbacks. I was debating on keeping Dak, but I just think it's like I'll probably just get like a cheaper guy. But I think I took the positions that are gonna be the hardest to get. I was like, okay, give me two quarterbacks, two running backs, because this year receiver is crazy, crazy deep. So I was like, I'd rather have the draft. I, I'd rather have to take wide receivers from the pool as opposed to like the scarce picking of running backs and quarterbacks. What about you, Alex? Um, so the actual strategy is under red tape that you're not going to get that one from the front office. Um, I will, <laughs> I will say that um, I would be surprised if Joe Mixon's not on my roster come draft day. Um, <laughs> I would be surprised. There's a few guys like that, and I think that's the one that I can fairly say safely because I mean, I mean, it's not a secret how much I like that guy, and I think this is the year. Like, like if I had if I had poker chips next to me, I'd be throwing them on the table for a sound effect. Um, but like, I'm just like, I'm all in on Joe this year. Like, I'll tell you straight up, uh, he he's the so I knew he was not being kept, and he was one of the reasons why I was comfortable just keeping Antonio Gibson. 
So basically, uh, Alex took Sarek's draft strategy question and turned it into an opportunity to gas up Joe Mixon. Sarek, <laughs> uh, what about you? What was your strategy? Well, the thing with me is, realistically, I'm not going to have any good insight on for the draft because I'm just not drafting. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's the uh, unquestionable greatest drafter of all time in these leagues. Like, so, it's, it's been uncanny. I think, I think, I think. I'll just take over the team. Yeah, I think in season, the Sarek's team's going to be a force because we've never seen the combo where uh, Ryan gets to draft, but Sarek gets to manage the team in season. And I think that's going to be deadly. And I think uh, since I don't have any insight, I'm okay with just saying what I would do because I'm not. Um, I'm really glad that Marco didn't keep Dak. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's my uh, own. That's the only thing I'd be looking for going into this draft. Yeah, that's honestly like the exact thing I was like. I'd spend a bag on Dak and then I'd just fill out the rest yeah, of the roster. Because I was like, man, I look at all these teams who need quarterbacks. And if I'm like down a couple dollars where it comes to like price range, I was like, I can just let Dak go. And have one of these teams who's a quarterback need who has like roughly the same area of money as me. I can just let them go and spend thirty dollars on Dak. And similarly, like for Alex, I was like, yeah, Alex has more money, but he has like he has a need for running back one, so he's gonna have to spend like a certain amount of money. So that's went into my strategy as well. I was like, what do other teams gonna need to spend their money on? So I was like, I'd rather have people fight for Dak than opposed to just keep him for I guess market price. Yeah, uh, I think this draft has a very, a few players like that where like people are gonna dra- are basically just gonna have to draft people out of necessity. And I think once we get three round three rounds, and I think that's when when the league's gonna be won and lost uh, with those types of players. You know, I'm excited. It'll be a fun time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so you, do you guys, do you guys have anything left to say or no? Do we get do we get through everything? Uh no, I think I'm good. I'm excited to see how my team plays out. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, well, I guess that about wraps it up. Uh, next week, uh, we are going to have the first official preseason uh, week in the books, and that means we can actually see some of these guys that we've been talking about for so long, so I'm pretty excited to see that. Um, I'm just going to say now, I only watch pre- preseason week one. Uh, yeah, because I want to see I want to see all these rookies. I want to see I want to see Justin Fields. I want to see Zach Wilson. I want to see I want to see all of them. Especially this year, I think the NFL this year has gone through one of the biggest changes in the past like five years, and that's saying a lot for a league that reinvents itself every season. Like I think this year is going to be one of the biggest changes in the NFL, and I cannot wait to see it in action. Uh, and that goes double for fantasy because this year is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. yeah all right all right well we'll see you guys next time uh yeah later see ya